On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about lots of news from Google I.O. We thanked Facebook for prioritizing quality content and being transparent about it. Jess came up with an amazing new name for a pet facial recognition e-commerce company. And Greg got more passionate about blenders than anyone ever has in the entire history of blending. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on May 10th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. If you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. First up this week in news came from Google I.O. 2019. And the main theme at I.O. was privacy. But there's also a lot of information that is pertinent to us marketers. And this article comes from TechCrunch, and it's called Google Search Will Offer Better News Coverage and Soon Support for Podcast Search. Google's CEO, Sundar Pichai, kicked things off with an announcement about Google News's full coverage feature, something we heard about last year that is now making its way directly to search. And Pichai said that we use machine learning to identify different types of stories and give you a complete picture of our stories being reported from a wide variety of sources. It services a breadth of content, but allows you to drill down into what interests you. So Hmm. for news, we're now going to not only see one article, but see multiple takes on a news topic. I like that. Yes. Right? That's We need that. The world needs more takes. More angles. I'm I'm all for more angles, as long as not Kurt. Next up, that's a wrestling joke. I don't even know anything about wrestling. <laughs> I just laughed because I figured it was supposed to be a joke. But I, I think I don't he's a get villain, it. a wrestling villain. Kurt? Nobody liked him. Kirk? Kurt? Kirk? Kurt Angle. Oh, Angle's his last name. Yes. Okay. I'm like, what does that have to do? Does he wrestle <laughs> from all angles? He's coming at no, you? No, he's like some, I don't know if he actually was an Olympian. He pretended he was an Olympian. Probably was an Olympian. Oh, a real wrestler, not yeah, a we WWE. Well, I think it's both. No, they're very different. I know, but he was in the WWE, and his shtick was he was a real wrestler. That that's not a shtick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like real wrestling. wrestlers aren't supposed to be. I don't like be. it. I don't know. I just know enough to know that there's somebody named Kirk. Ang- Kurt. Angle. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get to the next part, where <laughs> podcast search is coming soon, and it actually is here now. <laughs> Earlier in the week, it was announced it would be coming soon, and mm-hmm. yesterday it had been rolling out. So Google is beginning to index podcasts so the engine can surface relevant episodes of a given program based on the content, not just the title. So Google's going to be able to go through each of the different episodes and pull out information based on what was talked about. So do you think that, I mean, I think it was months ago now, but at least weeks ago, we talked about the transcription of podcasts. The content, that must have been a precursor to this, which I think you may have called. Yes. You might have said that you thought that this was going to happen. Yes. And, and, and so that is here in fruition. And mm-hmm. also at IO, there was a transcription, a live transcribed feature that they announced, which is also super creepy That's, where you can yeah. show video and on the fly, it transcribes whatever you're saying to text. We so should try that. We should try that. But I think the biggest thing with this is, is this like the early days of spam? 
here in podcast search? <laughs> and if so, let's get on the ground floor here. So we need to lay down a couple of keywords here, like we're stuffing back in the old days. Me and you right now. Yeah. So here we go. Best marketing podcast. Best digital marketing podcast. Digital marketing podcast. That's the best. Digital marketing podcast. Greatest of all time. All right. There we go. And now we'll see how it works. We'll report back to you. So additionally, when this has rolled out, web searchers now can see that they're able to listen to podcasts right within Google search results or save it for later listening. If you click on more episodes, you'll go to the Google podcast interface, which whatever. I mean, if you're super into listening to podcasts on Google search, I'm not personally, but it might, again, be a good way to discover, check something out. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, for discovery, especially, maybe it's not your podcast player of choice, you know, Google.com. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my, my Google search app. That's how I listen to all my podcasts. <laughs> but really, if somebody's searching for best digital marketing podcast out there ever, and we show up, and they can preview that from the search results and then look for us elsewhere later, I'm fine with that. I see what you did there. Yes, thank you. All right, next up, <laughs> Google 3D objects in AR, or augmented reality, is coming to search results near you. And Google has demonstrated how they are adding augmented reality and 3D objects right into the search results. The example they gave was a 3D shark right into the search results. And that shark, you could click on it, stay on Google, and view a shark. You know that song, Baby Shark? I unfortunately do. 3D shark do do do. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> My thing is, why do we need to see this right on Google? If somebody's got a 3D shark <laughs> rendering, send people over to the site to see it. It's probably a good site. It's probably a great site. Yeah. And, and I don't think that needs to be the fact that you can get everything right on a search app or from the search results. I don't need podcasts there. I don't need sharks there. Give me some results <laughs> so I can get to the place I'm trying to go. I want to see who made the shark. I want to see why. And we're going to get to this. It's kind of a theme that's boiling my blood at the moment. I can so. tell. I feel like Google's just peacocking at this point. Like you're a search engine. Ooh, 3D peacock. I have to do a search Ooh. there. That's not as catchy of a song. No, it <laughs> is not. And next up, Duplex is coming to the web Duplex is our favorite assistant person that will call somebody up and sounds exactly like a human, but isn't. And now Duplex is making its way to the web. There was a fantastic example at I.O. that was shown where you could say, rent a car for the last trip I had, the same car as the last trip I had. And it goes to <laughs> National Car Rental. It goes through, finds everything, gives you a couple prompts to accept that, but will go out to the web for you Wow! and do all your work out on a different website, which is crazy. That's wild. It's doing your bidding is what you yes, wanted to say there, right? Yes. Wow. So check that out. It's, it's a fantastic video. Head over to marketingclock.com to check that out. And then lastly for marketers, there are new app actions coming to Assistant. And app actions will allow you to ask Google Assistant to perform a task and Google will pull open that app and perform the task. And there's a few different things that are currently supported, including sending money, paying bills, showing account overview. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> sending money. A little bit. <laughs> also booking a ride, ordering food, starting, stopping, or logging an exercise, and also recording food, drink, intake information, just the nutritional information for you. And this is what I like. I like the fact that you can say, hey, do this. Use this app, get me to where I need to go, get me off of, of Google Assistant, 
to where I'm trying to go and make that easier. I want more of that, Hmm. less of things tied to Google search. Okay. So more automatic calorie counting, less 3D sharks. I want to use the software and I want to see the sites. I want to see what people are actually creating out there. And I want to use that. I don't, everything doesn't need to be through one source, at least for me. So Google, Google's trying to be the internet. We're going to get there in a minute. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. Because (laughs) I have um, (laughs) an algorithm update to talk about and it has nothing to do with Google at all. So, (laughs) I mean, might as well (laughs) just talk about algorithms. So this is a little bit boring compared to everything that you just spoke about, but it's from the Facebook newsroom and it's updates to how video content is ranked. So they announced earlier this week that they are quote, introducing a series of ranking updates over the coming months that will further prioritize original videos that people seek out. So there are a lot of ranking factors for video content on Facebook, but specifically the three that they are updating here are around loyalty and intent video duration and viewing duration and originality. So it's worth noting again that there are other factors out there that go into this, but these are the key ones, especially as marketers, that we should really be focused on. So if you want to see the full details of these changes, you can check out the article in the show notes. But again, I mean, we've said this before about a million things, but creating original, engaging, relevant content for your users is is key and you'll be fine here. Yes. And I like the fact that they came out and gave those three main metrics and said, hey, this isn't a secret. This right. is what you need to do. Yes. These are the three most important things for us, for you, for everybody that's actually using Facebook. I love it. There's transparency here. They don't give away everything in the different weights towards it. No. But I like the fact that they tell you exactly what goes into the algorithm and it's easy. How loyal are you? <laughs> How much are you actually consuming of that video? And then is it original? Is it something that you made? So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. More of this, please. More transparency. Yes. And if you are a content creator and you want some tips, they also had a link in that announcement to tips on how to create content that falls more in line with these things. So no more half-butting your content, people. You can do it. Great. Next up is called the new evergreen Google bot. And this was the biggest search news from Google IO and Google bot is becoming evergreen. And what that means is Google bot is now running the latest Chromium rendering engine when rendering pages for search. And that current version is 74. And then moving forward, Google bot will be regularly updating its rendering engine so that it supports the latest platform features. What does this mean? You may be asking. Definitely. Well, (laughs) it means now that there's going to be more JavaScript features that Google is going to understand, including ES6. Uh, There's over 1,000 actually new features that Googlebot will now support with this newest version of Chromium that is going to be used. Um, Web Components V1 APIs are going to also be able to be used and crawled. Whenever Chromium is updated, now Googlebot will be as well. So it should help to make the crawling up to date with what a user sees. So hopefully it puts those two more in, in greater alignment. The other news that came out after on Twitter is the fact that Google still is doing two waves or passes when crawling just to get all of that JavaScript to be fully rendered and processed, but they may be streamlining it into one crawl. So hmm. um, the one thing that I thought about this is when you hear evergreen, I always think, I think there's some lawn service out there that, that tries to keep grasses green all the time and sprays chemicals all over. True green, right? True, something Is like that. Is that them? I think yeah. evergreen. That's what I thought of. Evergreen's like a tree. Yes. 
But anyway, that's just what I thought of is evergreen. I don't like that stuff. I don't like the chemicals in my kids. Love their favorite flower, a dandelion. <gasps> oh, no. So we have a lot of dandelions. Good. Does that make me a bad neighbor? No. I thought you were going to say they, they're sad because they see no. dandelions dying. No. Dandelions are fun. Okay. Because I, I, I kind of think I'm a, like, I have a lot of dandelions, but my kids love them. They pick them. They get so excited. And we were going to go to Home Depot to pick out flowers. And they're like, you know what I want? A dandelion. Oh, they uh, don't sell those. <laughs> no, no. We have plenty. So, oh. I, okay. I'm no, not, you're a, not bad a bad neighbor. I'm sure you cut your grass once in a while. Yeah. I, those I cut are the my bad grass. neighbors that let the grass just no, like I, grow I, and grow. I cut my grass. It's just quite yellow with my kids' favorite flowers. That's, you know what? The bad neighbors are the ones that are mad that they don't want your children to be happy. They'd rather have you have a green lawn. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. You heard it here. Hot take. Okay. This next piece of news comes to us from. The Google Webmaster Central blog and get ready, more structured data types available for folks. They are coming to search as well as Google Assistant and it's around FAQ and how-to content. So FAQs in general are kind of boring, but if you want to learn more, you can check the article in the show notes. I'm all about the how-to stuff. So in the article, there are details on how to implement both the FAQ and how-to structured data. They also provide details on where to monitor the appearance of these in search within Search Console. So the how-to stuff is pretty cool. There's some good visual examples in there. Uh, they used tying a tie, which is not something I do often, but I know that it's something that my husband struggles with. So it's a visual you can implement now with this how-to structured data. You can implement visual step-by-step that show up right in the search results so people can see how to tie a tie. Right. So here's a question. Is this cool? Yes. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So the example they gave is example.com, which I'm guessing they made up, but it shows <laughs> how to tie a tie. Yes. And then you can swipe through and see all the content pulled from example.com without ever going to example.com or without example.com ever getting a visitor. Okay. Why is that cool? I hear you. I hear your point. But if you're using Google Assistant and you're already in the middle of tying your tie, there is a hands-free way to get that content. And it will show up if you're using like Google Home or whatever, and it has the screen. It'll show it to you, it's but you don't Google have to Home touch anymore. anything. What is it? <laughs> Coming next. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. Perfect. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But no, I think from a convenience standpoint, when you're actually standing there doing something, I understand that we're supposed to be supporters of websites. And I'm with you. But again, if this is something maybe... They should limit it so you can't swipe through the whole thing, but you see the content's good and you click through. That's the whole point of structured data, right? Is to entice people to click through to your site. I disagree. I don't, I mean, I guess it's, it's to entice, it's to provide people with better information, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I don't think it's to give them everything though. I disagree with the fact that it's not to give everything away so that people don't need to come to your site. Yeah. I would At some point, I mean, this is going to be a problem. It already is a problem to the fact that. You can see all the information. You could get answers. There was a study that came out that showed, you know, with a structured data result, you either are going to, I'll have to find it. We can link in the show notes. You either get that click or the chance are that you get no clicks jumps substantially um, if you're in that top spot. And it's because so much data is being shown. And when you can see every step in a how-to, why would anybody even click through? You have all the answers there. And at some point... Google is becoming the internet to what you said earlier. There's everything out there. Why even have a website? 
You know, why, why doesn't Google just turn into Wikipedia and put everything out there? Why even pull the information from somebody else and not give them any traffic? Excellent argument. I guess I can't beat it. Um, we should all rebel and not use structured data at all. That's not my recommendation, <laughs> no, but no. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know, know how to solve it, that problem. It's yeah. just frustrating. It's yeah. it, you, you see it with everything that Google is trying to make people live in these search results pages. We're seeing this everywhere with hotels. Why leave mm-hmm. Google? When you're talking about how-tos, why even leave at all? You can see everything on there. We're going to see an example before, next coming up here in the non-paid side where why even have affiliate sites that do all these reviews because Google can just go scrape those. I mean, where should it end is, is my thought. Or is it just get everything on Google and never go anywhere? That's what has me irked this week. I, I got nothing. You win. It's not a competition. It's just... It's just. <laughs> I mean, Google wins. Ultimately, <laughs> nobody's winning. But yeah, I guess I, I think it's cool that it is possible to be done. But the implications, I certainly, you know, I'm with you. All right. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew! At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. <laughs> I cover everything to do with advertising and Greg covers the organic or... Non-paid. So here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, negative keywords come to Amazon-sponsored brands. And for those of you that don't know, sponsored brands are those ads that are at the top of the search results in Amazon that show the brand logo as well as several products. And you can kind of click through to what looks a little bit like a landing page and features some of their products. So this is a premium placement. And it's crazy to me that negative keywords were not available before for these people because they have been available for other ad types on Amazon for a while. So I want to say better late than never, but really why wasn't this available before? Yeah. And hopefully this leads to better results. A lot of times you see sponsored results showing up everywhere that have nothing to do with what (laughs) you're looking at or those Mm -hmm. searches. So hopefully that cleans it up a bit. Yes, absolutely. Get in there and add your negatives. Next, U.S. digital advertising exceeded $100 billion in 2018. And that's according to a study from the Interactive Advertising Bureau and PricewaterhouseCoopers, which I say quickly because it is one word, Pricewaterhouse, and then Coopers, capitalized, but no space. And I think they're trying to rebrand to capital P, lowercase w, capital C. Yeah, which is cute and all, but no one knows what that stands for either. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, why do you think you could get away with no spaces in that in that name? I don't like Price Waterhouse on its own is a really it's a mouthful, <laughs> and then you see it with Cooper's just stuck on there. Yeah. And I always want to unpluralize it. I want it to be Cooper. Ooh, like oh, that's Price Waterhouse Cooper over there. Yeah, no, but it's Cooper's. <laughs> There's a ridiculous. few of them. I don't know. It's a mouthful and an eyeful. But anyway, this is the first time that the U.S. has spent this much on digital. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. But it's a 22% increase overall from just 2017, which feels like forever ago, right? 2017? Yeah, at least two years ago. I know, but doesn't it seem like longer than two years? I don't know. Just you say 2017. I'm like, oh, the old days. <laughs> so no surprise. A lot of these increases came from mobile, which rose 40% year over year and video, which rose 37%. So again, not a surprise. We've talked about spending trends in the last couple episodes. Next, you might start seeing Google ads automated recommendations in more places. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's even more enthused than I am. Personally, I find it very annoying, but let's... We'll talk about that in a second. The news so far on this is um, we've got Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 on the Twitter. She shared a screenshot so you can see it in the show notes. 
keyword-based recommendations are showing up in, I guess, what we'll call card format next to the performance graph in the keywords tab. So that's the news is that these recommendations that you would normally go into the recommendations tab to see are now popping up elsewhere within the online interface. Again, I think it's annoying. Greg, you sounded like you're not super hot on it. You want to share some thoughts? I don't need any automated recommendations from Google ever. Never am I ever going to need that ever. And all I can get are automated recommendations and salesy folks calling me up. And what I can't get is any kind of human support or care or anything from the Google Ads team, unfortunately. But, I mean, hey, automated recommendations. Just be careful, folks. Yes. This isn't Google Express. What are we doing? No. And it's too easy to click on these, too, and apply them. I know. That's the crazy part. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to do the stuff and you're going to spend poorly and perform worse and Google's going to get more money and you're going to think Google ads sucks and then you come to us say it doesn't work and then we're going to have to tell you that Google isn't (laughs) working on your behalf. We're the only ones working on your behalf and it's going to be a whole nightmare. I had a whole rant planned about how people hang like band-aids in front of Neosporin on the shelf and it's just dangling things in front of you that you aren't looking for, but (laughs) yours was way better. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm heated today. (laughs) I know you are. That's fine. We will end it there. Uh, Well, no, we won't. So if you want to get rid of these, there are those cute tiny three dots that you could just click and hit hide these recommendations and then you won't see them anymore if you don't want to be annoyed. So go ahead and do that and don't worry. Next up. Google app campaigns are going to get YouTube inventory as well as Troas bidding, (laughs) (laughs) which is T-R-O-A-S or target return on ad spend. As far as the YouTube inventory that's coming available, uh, the homepage feed as well as in-stream video are now going to be placements for your app campaigns. There are specific ad requirements in order to run there, but check the announcement for full details. Troas sounds kind of like a disease. Troas? Yeah. Like, uh, he was on wrestling around on some dirty mats and got Troas. Wrestling with Kirk Angle? <laughs> yeah. Super dirty mats. Troas is the new, what's the other one? MRSA? I don't know. Staff? Staff? Ringworm? Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds worse than Troas. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, remember last week when we talked about incorrect data for April 30th through May 1st on Google Ads? It's actually hard for me to remember which bug you're talking about and which week with Google products. Fair so enough. I don't remember. Fair enough. Um, well, we did. We talked about that. And this bug is sort of squashed. <laughs> okay. I say sort of because reports are coming in that the full month of April data is now correct, but there's still that lingering May 1st and it's May 1st Pacific time. So there's still a few hours here on the East Coast in May 2nd. This is, all, this is all very reassuring to me as an advertiser. Is it? Yeah. Well, no, oh, it's not. Oh, reassuring news, which they did not say last week that they're saying this week is that the bug was in the reporting, specifically not in any actual performance. So automated bidding, for example, was oh, not affected. That makes me very confident as well. <laughs> there's no reporting. Nothing can be kept. But yeah, all the automated bidding is is accurate. Yeah. It's, you want to know what's worse? My next story. There's not much. <laughs> there's more to do this bug. Of. There's more to the, This is a centipede and this is the second section of the centipede. Is that how that works? I don't know. I just know there's a movie called Human Centipede that I don't think is safe for humans. I don't think anyone should watch that film. I've never seen it. I haven't either. The trailer was enough to make me never go to the movies again, (laughs) ever. (laughs) But this is the human centipede of the internet, these Google bugs that are happening. So not only was there that general reporting bug that, again, is half fixed now, 
Google has now confirmed that store visits and store sales reporting data in your Google ads, if you use those metrics, that data is incorrect from April 28th on. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so it's related to that other bug. And I just, I will maintain that Google is on the fritz. <laughs> <laughs> Google and bugs to me are like political news. I'm just so oh, desensitized towards it now. And we say, oh, look, hey, there's this cool Thanos uh, <laughs> example out there now. And oh, look, in Search Console, you can see May 4th and a lightsaber, all your data. Just give me the right data. That's yeah. all I really want. Yeah. I mean, this is bad. It's terrible. This is really bad. And people couldn't even do monthly reports, yeah. which is every marketer's favorite thing to do. Well, let's hope they got a good doodle here tomorrow. <sighs> Whatever. I'm, I'm over it. What do you got in non-paid? Oh, boy. This week in <laughs> non-paid. There's a lot. First up is improving privacy and security on the web. I alluded to this a little bit earlier with the IO 2019 theme is that you know, Google is really trying to get in front of privacy and be seen as this leader in the privacy space. They are making a number of changes to Chrome that will enable more security, starting with how cookies work. A, cookies work by eating them, and B, they work by being delicious. But internet cookies <laughs> and Chrome will require that developers need to explicitly specify which cookies are allowed to work across which websites and how to track users. So this may, one of the main things that this is going to do is to protect cookies from cross-site injection and data disclosure attacks. This new protocol will limit cross-site cookies to only those with HTTPS connections. One of the main things that this is trying to prevent is the fingerprinting or trying to track people without implicitly cooking them but compiling data to understand who everybody is um, and track them across different sites on the web. And one of my thoughts was, I thought fingerprinting and finger, like actual human fingerprints, mm -hmm. you can't get rid of them. What are your thoughts on that? You can in Men in Black. They have that ball that you put your fingers on and okay. it erases your fingerprints. <laughs> what about in Humans on Earth? <laughs> you can't do that? <laughs> you can't... What, no, I've I've heard that you can like cut as many layers of skin, not, not to be gross, off your finger as you want, and your fingerprint is still there. You are correct. And there are three amazing examples. I got interested in the actual fingerprint part, not the digital fingerprinting. <laughs> and John Dillinger, gangster from 1930, tried to destroy his fingerprints by burning his fingertips with fire and acid. The skin grew back, and they still fingerprinted him and connected him to the crime. But Pretty the, crazy. So the skin grew back. So did he not have fingerprints for like... A Probably temporarily is in a holding cell. I don't know. Another one, Robert Phillips, another criminal, tried to alter his fingerprints by grafting skin from his chest to his fingers. However, <laughs> they caught him by the prints of his palms. I didn't even know he had palm prints. Oh, you totally do because people read the lines and tell you your future. Okay. So, hey, I guess Google's trying to get rid of fingerprints and this <laughs> might be the first ever successful <laughs> eradication of fingerprints. I have some advice for criminals out there. Okay. A, get someone else's fingerprints and put them over your fingers. I've seen that in the movies. Like oh, make a little, okay. make a little like wax rubbing or whatever and then apply it on top of your finger. You have their fingerprints. I don't know if that works, but a surefire way to not leave fingerprints, wear gloves. Oh, all right. Right? You heard it here first. Unless there's glove prints. Crime tips from Jess. <laughs> no one should commit a crime. All right. Next up, there's a new speed report coming to Google Search Console. And quickly here, there's another announcement from Google I.O. that something is being tested right now, a speed report within Google Search Console. This new report gives you an aggregated view of website field metrics that allows you to speed through and drill down to specific issues and even to see specific examples of those issues. It's a beta 
So if you want to try it out, zip on over to Marketing Clock to get the link to sign up. And the report is not live, but let's hope it zooms out of beta and into Google Search Console for everyone here shortly. You did that so speedily. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Next up, there's three more reports in Search Console. The first report is an unparsable structured data report, and it'll show anything that Google has any problems parsing. Next up is a logo and site links search box enhancement report. And those are two different reports. So a logo report and a site link search box enhancement report. Try saying that five times fast. That's more reports than John Dillinger had fingerprints. Yes. <laughs> well, that's two and he had zero. <laughs> so if you are one of those fancy folks using logo markup, or if you've got a site link search box and you want to see a report on that, you will now be able to in search console. Next up, Google may be about to kill affiliate marketing links. And Jess, I ate a big heaping of Da Bomb hot sauce at lunch today, and I thought that my stomach hurt all day because of it. Yeah. And I just realized right now it's not because of the hot sauce, it's because of this article. Oh, no. So Google's giving you an ulcer? An ulcer. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm ready. Go. So Google is continuing to advance its e-commerce efforts, and it, according to Fast Company, it appears to be building a shopper recommendation algorithm. And a good search is when you look for best blender. And when you do this search, which I did, you will see some sponsored blender choices from Google Shopping on the right hand of the search results. And then you see some structured results coming in from healthykitchen101.com. And it pulls out some of the top blenders that healthykitchen101.com went through and reviewed and on that blog post, I went through and showed the pros and the cons of each different blender and why you'd want to buy this blender over a different blender. It's nice but content. It is. But Google takes it, pulls it out, puts it in a list for you so you can see the full list, and then has links to each blender that don't go to healthykitchen101.com. <gasps> now I know why they you're so go mad. to Google Shopping where you can buy it through Google Shopping. Of course, healthykitchen101.com is employing people to go through and give unbiased reviews on what blender people should buy. The Wire Cutter is another great example of a site that has a lot of value-added content towards what you should buy. So Google's going through and scraping this and then showing the product that is not on Healthy Kitchen 101, it is on Google Shopping Network, which is a pay-for-inclusion location. So this goes far beyond what we were talking about far earlier beyond. with just keeping things on Google. Worse yet, you scroll down when you're looking for Best Blender, and I will make a video of this, and we'll put on Marketing Clock so you can see why I'm so frustrated. It shows Best Blenders, according to Google, and they are the absolute Best Blenders that are shown from Healthy Kitchen 101, maybe a coincidence, mm -hmm. but when you click through, you see that you go right to Google Shopping where Google gets paid, and the people that are spending their hard hours and time making great content, doing the dirty work, get bypassed for Google making money. That's bad. That I don't. That's like I'm furious. <sighs> It just go like I said, it goes beyond just giving people the information and letting them leave. They are actually stealing business from people at this point. The fact that they showed in that first result the Blender article and then every single product goes to their mm. own shopping portal. They're stealing. You know what that is? That's duplicate content. Google should be penalized. 
I don't know. It's it's so disheartening. That's you know? awful. I don't even know what to say. It's just sad. Okay, so next up, local business websites and Google My Business comparison report from Bright Local. Rose Murphy over at Bright Local looked at some of the most popular Google My Business features. The top five were checking opening hours, finding directions, reading reviews, visiting the business's website, or looking at photos of the business. And another thing I thought was really interesting, there's a lot of information, go check it out on your own, but more than 50% of people, when they're going to a local business, actually go to the website. So people say all the time, oh, I don't really need a website, they're just going to get there. No. no. 52% of people will actually look at your website. And 22% every single time they're going to go somewhere, they look for the, go, they visit the website. And this is probably why Google wants to charge for Google My Business listings. Don't even get me going. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to get I'm gonna, you amped up. I'm, I'm just going to blow up over here. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Next up, Twitter will now let you add photos, videos, or GIFs to retweets. This is pretty cool. You used to just be able to add little emojis in your markup to a retweet specifically. But now you can do it with a GIF. So if you're one of those goofballs out there that likes really ranty podcasts, find a tweet and retweet it with whatever GIF best describes this show. Probably just thunderbolts and anger and skulls. Ooh, skulls. Skulls on fire. Okay. All right. Next up, from YouTube's recent brandcast in New York, they gave a stat that was very interesting saying that the TV's represent our fastest growing screen. And this is where the YouTube app is optimized for internet connected TVs. The watch time of that is now over 250 million hours per day. That's a lot of hours per day. Wow. People. 250 million? Get outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, if you're watching this on YouTube, just stay. Just stay. Can make it to yeah. the end. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. Next up, Nielsen total ad ratings, parentheses, tar. I like that. <laughs> is now supported on YouTube. And this will let brands compare... YouTube and TV reach in apples to apples format. And there's a few other things, including P score updates, some preferred reservation program for YouTube TV channels. Again, check out the show notes for all of that information. Okay. So next up, Google My Business reporting is also buggy. Oh, I'm so surprised. It appears the anthropod problem is made its way to my business and the data from April 5th to the 7th appears to be buggy, is reported in many forums, and it recovers around the 12th to the 14th. So just throw that in your buggy mix of Google data. Enjoy. <laughs> this bugs me. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. Bring a little smile to my face today. I'm trying. All right, next up, Google Nest Hub Max. It's a new weapon in the smart home battle against Alexa and Portal. Well, I added that portal part. A top contender in the market. And this is from Greg Sterling over at Marketing Land. So there is no more... Google Home Hub. It is now Google Nest Hub. Google is moving away from the home towards the Nest. And Nest is the thermostat. It's also what they folded in the drop cam as, Nest Cam now. And they're bringing Google Home into the Nest umbrella. I have a conspiracy theory for you. Hit me. Bugs are taking over because it's a Nest. Oh, everything's in the nest. Right? Yes, we got to get rid of it. There's bugs everywhere. Yes. It's in the nest. It only makes sense. There's actual bugs behind all of this and the, they're rebranding things. Next, there's going to be a hive. Yes, there's only you. one one true warrior who can defeat the nest. I'm going to make you say it. <laughs> Portal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with this, Google is eliminating the nest program that allows third parties 
to tie into the Nest project. So there's going to be less data captured by those by those third parties and manufacturers. It's going to make it a lot harder for those folks to tie into the Nest ecosystem. So look for more Google Smart features themselves. But this is part of that that privacy promise that they're giving out there. Um, Google will offer a new Works with Google Assistant program, which is going to be the way you can tie into these Nest devices. Many of the home products are being now labeled Nest, but not all of them. And it's a little bit tricky, so I'm going to go through it really quick here. (laughs) Google Nest Hub Max is new. It's like the Google Home Hub, but it has a camera, sort of like Portal. Google Home Hub is now rebranded as Google Nest Hub. Google Home (laughs) is not Nest branded. Google Home Mini is not Nest branded. Google Home Max is still not Nest branded. So that's the new layout that you have. Many Google Homes still exist, and now there's many Google Nests as well. So next up, Google Play is changing how app ratings work. It's going to begin to weigh app ratings from the newer reviews. So this is going to be good if your app sucked and is now great, and it's going to be bad if your app was great and now it sucks. So look out for that. And that is it from this week's lightning round, and it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from Adweek. And the name of this article is Dogs Can Now Do Their Own Shopping Thanks to This Pet Brand's Facial Recognition Tool. And according to Adweek, Pets with a Z is a chain of pet shops in Brazil. And they've come up with a solution to prevent the problem of dogs not liking dog toys. And it's called Pet Commerce, combining artificial intelligence with facial recognition to help dogs make their own online shopping decisions. There is a lot to unpack there, and we will get to it. But the number one thing, to use a phrase that I learned from you, that I take umbrage with, or two, is the fact that this is all about dogs. Where are my cat people at? Cats have preference. Cats are more finicky than dogs, and they have preferences too, and they would like to use this feature, and they can't, because this is specifically for dogs. Wow. This, <laughs> this sounds like more than just umbrage. It sounds like you have high dudgeon. Right now. What does that mean? It's a new word for me. It's a Shakespearean way of saying triggered. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll try to use it in a sentence. But yeah, I mean, honestly, though, this goes off of facial recognitions. Cats don't give a heck. Cats give so many hacks. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Do you think that cats keep it? Cats keep it way cooler. Yes. Dogs are so dumb that every, they wear everything right on their face, and cats just play it cool. They don't. They don't let you know what they're actually thinking. That's why I think it's only for dogs. Okay. So yeah, cats would require a much more sophisticated piece exactly. of software. Is what we you're don't saying. have that technology yet. It's not possible. Cats are too smart for us. Okay, fine. Well, also, I don't think this actually works. I think it's just an ad boy. But anyway, the system will analyze the pet's face while they watch, including how the dog holds his or her head and rates each item on a scale of one to five bones. Yay. Once a dog picks an item, it is added to the owner's shopping cart. The human consumer is unable to confirm the transaction later. Is your dog just going to leave you a note like, Mom, I picked some things. Please confirm. I went to Pets with a Z. I knew knew to do that. I went to Pets.com first. Couldn't read my face. Went to the one with the Z. I got a shopping cart for you, Pops. Dogs would spell it that way, though, right? They know better. Probably. (laughs) To me, there's one one thing that really matters. Dogs are going to say, give me everything. Like, yeah, I want that. (laughs) How are you going to know what you want when you can't see a real thing? Dogs aren't that smart. And what they really want is for you to take that dog outside. (laughs) How about this? 
put all the different pictures of your products and then put a picture of you actually playing with your dog outside and then just go go outside with your dog. Oh, that's <laughs> what you really should do. So you don't sad. get online and look at your dog on a laptop monitoring <laughs> its face. Just go get a tennis ball and go outside. Yeah, and well, if you want to use this right too, according to the article, you need to not irritate them. They should be in a playful mood. But then it says, and I quote, "All you have to do is hold the camera right over their face." <laughs> I feel like dogs find that interesting. You're not or interesting, irritating. You're not supposed to get in dogs' faces. <laughs> My dog loves it when I take a camera, I smash it into his snout. It's his favorite. Do you like this toy? No. No. Take your dog outside. The Ugh. other thing, the first sentence of this article is disgusting. It says, "Isn't it disappointing when you?" buy a new toy for your pet and it turns its nose up at it no it's not disappointing my dog plays with anything my dog loves a stick you know what if your dog turns its nose up at anything your dog is spoiled that's a problem that's a reflection on you as the owner yes go run get a leash and go run with your dog end of story this is get this out of here okay anyway and even the name pet commerce you, you got to come up with something better than that. We can beat that, okay, right? What do you got for better than pet cameras? Uh, I I struggled here. I got Anna Anna Mall. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like the shop. That's good. You know, like Sky Mall. Sky, exactly, but okay. for animals. And I also have because it's dog related. Choose your own toys. C H E W S. Here's mine. <laughs> Flea Commerce. Oh my god, that's cheap. <laughs> right, that's good. Yeah, I got another one. Pausabilities. Like pause. Flea commerce was the only one I had. This pause, is a stupid oh, like possibilities. <laughs> yeah, pause. <laughs> and then my worst one, this is just so bad, it's embarrassing to even say. You know, there's Zappos. I got yeah. one. Cattos. <laughs> it's not for cats. <laughs> I, I know. My, I'm coming up. Pets watch out. I got Cattos coming. Wait, wait, wait. I think I have a bad one that can beat that. I wrote woof in sheep's clothing. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not though. It makes no, it has nothing to do with shopping. Not shopping for clothes. Whatever. Guessing is for the dogs. You should use this technology. Okay. Anyway, get rid of this. We don't need this. Go take your dog outside. <laughs> Solve some other world problems. What's next? Uh, cool tool. Cool tool. Our cool tool segment, as a reminder, is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We are simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week, what we found is actually several cool tools in one. It's from Merkel. So it's a library of useful tools for technical SEO that allows you to run reports like schema and sitemap generators, SERP simulators, mobile-friendly testers, and a whole lot more. So if you want to play with this, if you need help on the technical SEO side, to do some investigating, just head over to technicalseo.com slash tools. All right. And that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week. An article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's article comes from Mark Meyerson over at Search Engine Land, who had the article, Static Reports Are Dead. Here's Why You Need to Move to Google Data Studio. We are huge Google Data Studio fans here at Cypress North when mm-hmm. it works. And he breaks a breaks down why you should be using dynamic reports, aka using Google Data Studio to allow clients or yourself, internal teams, to see data that you want, not necessarily have just a PDF printed off report. And he goes over the key advantages for dynamic dashboards, including real-time reporting, interactivity, templates. Pricing, third-party connectors, shareability, transparency for clients, time-saving for marketers, and even does a good job looking at some of the cons as well. So some of the limitations that Google Data Studio has and, and again, dynamic 
reporting has as well. And he talks about getting started. And this is a very nice article that everybody can use if you're not doing dynamic reports. It is not one flashy skyscraper piece of content, but it is something that everybody needs to know, and it's written really well. And if you aren't using dynamic reports, listen to Mark, take it as advice, and give it a shot. Thank you, Mark. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shootin' the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, we're playing everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, where we say something and there's only two kinds of people that react to this. And we've been chastised a little bit here internally in the office because Jess and I are very aligned. It's almost like we're one kind of person together. Mm -hmm. So we brought our fantastic sound engineer, Hope, on this week so that we have three opinions on these two kinds of people. So first up, and I've got a theme this week, guys. First up is... People that clap when a glass or plate breaks at a restaurant or a bar are people that don't. Clap? Yes. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Really? Or people go, ooh. Yes. I hear people go, that's what I hear. Okay. Never someone clap. Okay. So are you the kind of person that would clap or no? No, I don't clap, but I go, <gasps> like, <laughs> that's what I do. It's just a natural reaction. I'll be honest. I've dropped a lot of glasses in public places, and I think it's rude when people react at all. Someone should just show up with a broom, get, get there, and get rid of it. Yeah, I pretend I don't exist. Yes. I'm embarrassed for the person. I try to take their embarrassment away. You have no reaction? You're not like... No reaction. <gasps> Watch next time. Next time something happens and we're at lunch and something happens, my immediate reaction is I put my head down. <laughs> I don't even look. It's like an accident on the expressway. I don't even look. I just keep going. Oh, I, I go look. faster past If it. we're talking about two types of people, I'm the person who slows down to look at the accident on oh, the expressway. You. You're the reason I am. that we need to zipper to go to last week. <laughs> no, you speed up. You go past it. Yeah, so no you're the rubbernecker. rubbernecker. Oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. There's two kinds of people. And there will be no spoilers here, but Hope, I know you just watched an Avengers movie. There's people that clap at the end of the movie and people that don't. Oh, I'm ready. What kind of person clapper. are you? A clapper. A clapper. Oh my gosh, yeah. I just went to see it for the second time and the audience was amazing. I think we all <laughs> clapped like 10 times during the movie. Wow. During yeah. the movie? Yeah, during. I didn't even think of that. In the middle, yeah. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but everybody should go see it because it's amazing. But yeah, oh, clapping 100%. Wait a minute. So something good happens and y'all cheer for it? Mm-hmm. or emotional and it's just like I can't even explain it it's like you're all feeling the same thing and it's like the most amazing I'm getting emotional talking about it but like <laughs> I, know that these I feel like I need to clap for this performance <laughs> yeah like they can't hear you yeah M- Michael Bay is not out there listening <laughs> saying oh it's hope over there I hear that little clap she oh. even did it during the movie 
It's a bonding experience. Okay, Jess, are you a cl- movie clapper? Never in my life. <laughs> no. <laughs> Me either. I don't even go to movies because it's a disgusting no. experience. Oh, my gosh. That's I can't. A separate no, topic. no, 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 no. Going to the movies is my favorite thing to do in the entire world. The last really? movie I saw was Inception. Do you know how long ago that was? No. <laughs> Okay. Another thing. Last one. There are two kinds of people. People that clap when an airplane lands and people that don't. No. Don't even tell me. Oh, God. No. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I don't. It's their job. Do we need really need to clap when they wow. land a plane? It's um, their job. It's their job to act well in films, and you clap before it's even over. <laughs> <laughs> That's an emotional experience. That's <laughs> it's a totally different thing. <laughs> See, I, I like at the end saying, g- giving a thank you or a handshake or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. But the clapping, I feel like it's a little. A little too much. Yeah, like, do you clap when you pull in your driveway at the end of your commute? Do you clap <laughs> when the it. waitress gives you your food? Like, no. no. It's their job. Wow. It's Michael Bay's job to make a good yes. film. Some people say it's Captain America's job, too. But oh, Great movie. Go see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see you next week.